Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Rafael Garcia, education reporter for the Topeka Capital Journal. This is our new podcast, Teaching Topeka, where we discuss education topics as veteran and rookie educators alike prepare to teach in historic times. Today we have with us in our podcast studio, Hannah Kimball and Glynis Kikafer, school counselors for Auburn-Washburn USD 437. Hannah and Glynis, thank you for being here. <laughs> thanks for having yes, us. Thanks. It's great to see you. With the first day of school for many Topeka area children over the next couple of weeks, um, Hannah and Glynis are going to walk us through how to best talk with your children about any anxieties or worries or stresses they might have. Um, first, though, could you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Absolutely. Um, I'm Hannah Kimball, and this is my fifth year as an elementary school counselor. I am currently working at Indian Hills Elementary for the Auburn-Washburn School District, and I happen to think we have the best job in the world. Don't you, Glennis? Totally. We totally have the best job. Uh, this is also my fifth year as a school counselor, and I'm at Jay Scheidler. Um, before that, I taught in the elementary classroom in a, a primary classroom for 24 years in the Seaman District, but I'm super excited and happy to be at Auburn-Washburn, and it is the best job, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think we're now heading into the sixth month. Of yeah. This, this, I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, w with all that time, I know that, speaking from personal experience, I have um, young cousins and siblings, too, that have been anxious or worried about even heading out of their houses. Um, what sort of mental effect has COVID-19 had on children um, as schools have been closed these past several months? Well, you know, I think some of it is hard to say because, um, like you said, we have been out of the buildings for six months. So we have not been around our students. I think it's one of those things that ebbs and flows. Some kids are going to have great days. Some kids are going to have bad days. I also think, you know, some kids really thrived in this virtual environment that we were on, while some kids, it was a real struggle. So I think uh, part of it, too, is, you know, when you don't see your friends and that routine and structure is taken away, that does create some stress and anxiety for sure. And I think we're all kind of feeling those things, but it's going to differ child to child what that looks like. Right. We don't... It our guess is, you know, we don't, we're, we're not, we're not sure. We're going to have some kids that, you know, uh, I'm going to have to wear a straight jacket the first few days so I don't hug kids. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, you know, that's going to be hard um, because the first few days, especially with the younger kids, you know, they do need those hugs and they need, you know, we forget that we look at smiles and mm -hmm. um, gestures are so big and now everything is with our words. Um, and it's hard to tell sometimes if somebody's smiling, right. you know, it's like, I know, well, you smile with your eyes. Well, yeah, you do. But, you know, is, is that readable to a kindergartner? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it depends on how anxious parents have been. Correct. So if parents have been really anxious about going out, then kids are going to be anxious coming into the building. Mm -hmm. So, the you know, the biggest thing I think that we do is 
We welcome them into the building. We're going to have fewer kids in our buildings at a time. And so we can spend a little bit more time, reassure them that they're safe, that we're, you know, there to care for them. Um, and the biggest thing we can do is model what we expect. So modeling those expectations for our students, parents, same thing. Um, try to be as positive as possible and reassuring mm -hmm. that schools are doing everything we can to keep kids safe. And we have a lot of um, safeguards and precautions in place to make sure that we are safe and healthy. Um, I will say I did work at Boys and Girls Club over the summer. I was a virtual uh, teacher. And I know that first day that the littles came, they were nervous because that was the first time they had really been out in public and they were wearing masks and their teachers were wearing masks, but it was kind of like after the first day, it was okay. Yeah. And kids are so resilient. Yeah, I mean, they exactly. are, they are bouncy balls, you know, <laughs> they, they bounce back, yeah. they grow. Um, and so I, I do think that sure, there probably is some stress and anxiety going on, but I think once we get over those first couple of days, I think yeah. it's going to become normal. It's going to become that routine. And we know that kids feel most safe when there is structure, when there is a routine, and when they have a caring adult around. So we Absolutely. provide that at school. Parents provide that at home. We are all doing the best that we can to make them you know, feel good about coming back to the building. Right. And, you know, the thing that's going to be different is – you know, we usually have kindergarten parents, and so you know, if they're the if their child, if this is the first child they have in school, you know, they're hanging out at the door, and we do something at Jay Scheidler called uh, tissues and tears, and we have the parents, you know, send their kids off, wave goodbye, kiss them, you know, and then they come to the library and meet other kindergarten parents. That's not happening this year. Right. Parents can't come into the building, so there's going to be some extra anxiety. You know, of because the, of that separation too, because they this has been the first time in the history of ever, right? Of that people have been kids have been out of school for half a almost year. Almost six months. Right? Almost yeah. six months. So I think a good thing for parents to do is to get those kids ready. Tell them, Hey, we are going to be going back to school. You're not going to be here. Some things that you could do too that I know you can't go into the building right now, but drive by the school check things out, kind of start that routine and structure now, um, that bedtime routine, that daily routine. Like uh, like you would normally. Right. Just to kind of get the get it in their heads that, yes, you are going back, and um, we got to be ready. And it, it is going to be hard. And um, I know, too, we both listened to the Family Service and Guidance Center here in town did a great webinar. And I, I don't know if For you can, parents. Yeah, for yeah. parents. And it was fantastic. But they said that for kids to, and I think anyone really, to get back into a routine, it takes about three weeks. So for the yeah. three weeks when school starts, I mean, we've got to give everybody grace. We've got to give those kids grace, our teachers grace, our parents grace, because it is going to be very different. Yeah. One thing that we are doing in our building, and I, and I know other buildings may be doing this too, is we're having some of our kids come in and we're recording them. So this is what it looks like to walk six feet down the hallway. It's weird. This is, we're going to eat in our classrooms. Um, this is how you wash your hands, you know, so you're not touching everything. Um, oh, this is what it's going to look like when mom pulls you into, or dad pulls you into the line. We're going to come out and take your temperature in your vehicle. So, you know, if you're sick, you're not even going to come in the building. Um, 
and on the bus, you know, this is what it's going to look like. You're going to do the little hand scan or, mm -hmm. or whatever it is so that we know um, that, that you're well, uh, for the most part, you know, <laughs> we can tell. And that's going to be a little different, so we don't want it to be scary for kids. So we're just going to kind of show them what it looks like. Oh, and when you get here, you're going to walk right down to your classroom. You're not going to hang out in the hallway. This is exactly what it's going to look like. And here's what your room looks like. And so some just kind of preparing them so parents could show them a video of I, what it looks like. I love that idea because I think if kids can see what's going to happen, um, that's really beneficial because we know the fear of the unknown mm -hmm is what gets everybody, yeah. right? Not just kids. Yeah, um, it takes the mystery And out. if your building or your school is not doing a video like that, look up what the safeguards are in place and, and go over those with them because kids just want to be prepared. They don't want to get to school and think, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? So if you can prepare them in that way, I think that will be very yeah. helpful. Mm -hmm. I think once we get them through the first day of school, they're going to do it better than adults are. Oh, <laughs> they're yes. Gonna be, they're gonna <laughs> I'm not as worried about the kids as I am the adults, all of us, yeah. myself included in that. Uh, it sounds like, especially after so much time at home, um, parents might be the best suited to um, look out for and recognize some of these signs of stress and anxiety. Um, so with that in mind, what are some of these um signs or symbols of stress anxiety that parents should look out for? Well, they're going to be your, your normal signs of stress and anxiety. Um, you know, a change in behavior. Mm. Uh, Sleep patterns are going to be big. Yes. Because a lot of our kids have been staying up later. Um, they've also had more technology just because at the, you know, when we went in the spring, like everybody was virtual. And so we've asked them to be on technology. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're having to wane away from that. Um, maybe staying up late and playing video games or, you know, talking with their friends. And we've got to get them into a normal routine. So once you have that normal routine, once you figure out what the new normal is, then you can watch, you know, how behavior maybe has deviated or, you know, if, if a kid doesn't want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. um, There's other things, I think, too, like things that we don't even think about. Um, asking a lot of questions. If a kid is like, well, am I going to have to wear my mask all day? How long do I have to wear my mask? What's it going to look like when I, if they're asking a lot of those kind of questions, they're nervous. And I think sometimes, you know, we just kind of brush that off as, oh, no, you're fine. You know, yes, you have to wear a mask. It's no big deal. But if they're asking constantly, then that's nervous. That's being, you know, that's anxious, anxious and yeah. stressed. Um, you know, other signs and symptoms of stress and anxiety are, um, you know, stomach aches, headaches, mm -hmm. those are signs that they could be um, very stressed out. Yeah, and um, we watch that, you know, we have kids that often want to go see the nurse anyway, but we may be seeing more of that, you know, and we can't just send kids down to the nurse. We now have to, you know, call the nurse and see how many kids are in there and, you know, her availability. And so, you know, it may be, it's going to be a little more anxious for, for those kids who are normally frequent flyers in the nurse's office. And I, just a couple more too, you know, being irritable, mm -hmm. moodiness, those, you know, more so than normal. I mean, some of us are, we can be, you know, myself included sometimes. Yeah, we, we get grouchy. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but, you know, and clingy too. Kids are figuring out, uh-oh, we're going back to school. And if they're being extra clingy, that might be a sign of, okay, yeah. they're feeling a little, yeah. a little un we're, uneasy about We're going to see some separation anxiety, but if, you know, we have kids crying every day, that's going to be hard 
on parents too. So we've got to figure out how to make them feel safe. And so, so we have less crying, (laughs) less crying is always better. (laughs) Well, and two with, you know, with children and anxiety too, if they feel that, and I think we all do this, we do this with the people we love and the people we're around. If you know someone else is feeling upset or stressed or anxious or angry or whatever, you kind of take on that feeling too. And so now more than ever, it's important that um, we kind of fake it till we make it, right? Because I think we are all a little nervous and and stressed about things, but um, trying to be as positive as possible and um, and, and modeling that, yes. As adults, we set the tone. Yes. So, you know, we've had teachers come back and they, they, you know, they've been a little anxious too. Um, We had the carpet kind of just ripped out from under us. And so I think... We're cautiously optimistic because we want to be back at school, whatever that looks like right now. And so I think, you know, we have to hide some of our anxiety because we can pass that on to our kids. And they feel it. I mean, there, there's a, a book about child trauma that's called Help for Billy. And in that, it kind of talks about, it's kind of weird. It's like there's this almost like a force field, if you will, around you. And like kids, like people can really feel and read your emotions without you saying a thing. So kids really read a room Mm -hmm. and they're, they're very like, they're hypersensitive to those kind of things. So just, um, making sure that you are taking care of you first and, and utilizing some of those self-care strategies. It's Um, that oxygen mask thing in airplanes, you know, where they say the adult cover, you know, takes off oxygen mask first and then you put it on the child. So we have to make sure that we're okay. You know, take a few minutes to calm down or take a few minutes just to relax, you know, especially when you find your shoulders are clear up to your ears. You're like, oh, okay, my jaw is clenched. I I need to take a little bit of a break for me and not feel bad about it. Right, because we can't pour from an empty cup. We can't give to, um, you know, our families, our students if we are burnt out. So it's really important that we take care of ourselves as much as we're taking care of others. Because if we are in a not great place, it shows kids pick up on that so fast. So taking just even just a few minutes a day to do something that you enjoy or mm-hmm. that brings you joy, you know, doodle, draw, go for a run. Um, Sit on the porch swing. And, yeah, drink a cup of coffee. Play some pickleball. Yeah, anything <laughs> that you do that, that gives you a few minutes of thinking about nothing else in the world but that thing that you're doing in that moment. And I think a lot of times self-care people think, oh, I got to have an hour to do this, or I need, you know, I have to do this several times a day. It can be short. It can be, you know, five minutes or less, but giving yourself those little breaks because we need them. Yeah. Making sure you eat lunch. And for <laughs> teachers, sometimes yes, they're, lunch. they're like, oh, I didn't even eat lunch today. I was yes, trying to, yes. you know, get caught up on this or that. And, and just making sure you eat lunch, even if you take 15 minutes. Yes. Is there anything parents should maybe avoid in either modeling for their kids or speaking with them? One one thing that, you know, we want parents to think about is what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, if you don't keep your mask on, you're going to make everybody sick. That is something we don't want parents to say. Right. That, um, that would be very scary. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's my fault if my friend Billy gets sick. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> it's... You know, it's a pandemic. And so we want to make sure that we don't put a lot of pressure on kids, that we let them make mistakes. 
um, as kids start pulling down masks, and they will because teachers are doing it, it's like, oh, we need a mask break. So we're all going to go outside. We're going to social distance and take off our masks for five minutes. Um, so I, I think just... Well, and I think some other things that you can do, because I like to focus on the positive. Yeah. What can we do versus, like, what are we not supposed to do? Yeah. Um, this is a great time to really listen to your kids and hear what they have to say because they will have questions and answer them to the best of your ability, and that is what you know. What is developmentally yeah. appropriate? And if you know saying something, you know your child better than anyone else in the whole world. So if you know something is going to make things worse, then don't do it. We don't are say it. right. We are uh, you know, but keeping things real because they're going to hear things from other kids. They're going to see things on the news. They're going to you know just media, and they're so in tune with their technology as well. They're going to know that these things are happening. So um, they will have questions, but just take that time to listen to them. And I know um, even sit down with them and say, hey, we're going back to school. What what are you excited about first? And then yeah. maybe see, do you have some concerns? And if they do, help them feel good about what those concerns are in the best way that you can. Right. So if they are worried about wearing that mask all day, you know, say, let's practice. Let's try it out. Let's see if yeah. we can wear it for and start small. Let's see if we can do it for 30 minutes, you know, and maybe it's a young kid, 10, 5, yeah. 1, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Um, but yeah. just practice some of those things that you know that they might have to do or, hey, I know we're going to have to, you know, sanitize our hands once every hour. Let's do that at home. And we'll practice some of those things to get you feeling better and ready. And, yeah. you know, just like I said, I know I've said this three times, but just really listening and empathizing with them and letting them know, hey, other people feel this way too. It's okay. We're yeah. all in this together. Um, and problem solve with them. Well, you know, if you have that concern, well, what what could you do about that? What is in our control? What's in your control, and what's out of your control? Right. Because a lot of times kids focus on things that are completely out of their control, and we do as adults too. So if we focus on, well, what can I control in my environment? How can how can I do this? then it helps them know that there's steps that they can take. They don't have to just sit and wait for something to happen, that they can be proactive. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, really teaching those character traits that we want to instill in all of our kids, respect, responsibility, good citizenship, being caring. Empathy. You know, yes, we wear our mask to protect others. We are doing this for everyone. And so it's if we can build those kind of um, character traits within them and really talk to them about what respect looks like now, I think mm -hmm. we really need to be more cognizant of respect and citizenship more than ever and being a good neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we can work on that at home, in school it's going to look a lot better you know, as a whole community because you have a community at home, you have a community at school, and if we are all being good neighbors to one another, things are going to run a lot more smooth. Yeah. I, I agree. Being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understanding that my friend may be upset today. I'm not, but, you know, I can still be a friend and listen to that person. Mm -hmm. And schools, we are really focusing on building that classroom community this year. Mm -hmm. um, this It's a really big push in our district. I think it's fantastic because I think you have to build those relationships and that trust to build that safety aspect. And once you have that, it's going to be nice. Yeah. I mean, kids are going to feel good. And they're going to, you know, feel feel a positive relationship to to the school and to their class. And yeah, they have a contribution mm -hmm, to make. Mm -hmm. And we're juggling. You know, we have 
some kids coming Monday, Tuesday, some kids coming Thursday, Friday. But then we have some kids, a few kids that are just virtual. They're not going to be in the building at all. So we have to figure out ways to make them feel part of our school community, too. And I'll tell you what, our teachers are really thinking outside of the box They're on this. Oh, my gosh. Like, we have had so many cool ideas. We have great ideas um, as a mental health team and counselors as well, you know, thinking of ways to to make sure that everybody feels like they're apart, even if they're not physically within the school. Uh, within the school. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any final thoughts as we head into what has to be one of the most unique first days of school in history? Flexibility, <laughs> grace. You know, I, teachers, I think, are a little, and administration especially, just getting the kids into the building the first day, mm-hmm. you know, um, Never have we worked so hard to get to figure out the logistics of getting kids just in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we take it for granted. Yes, yeah. we have to go slow before we can go fast. Yeah, and we have to kind of take things, um, you know, at a much slower pace than ever before. And and you know, we can't fix what has happened, but we can all work together to make um, it better. To make it better and. You know, even talking with your kids about that, too. We are all, we are trying to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And we need to pick, you know, do you want to be a part of the solution? Or would you rather be a part of the problem? And I think we are all at this point, like, we want the solution. Yeah. And and just patience. It's going to take longer the first few days to figure figure out the logistics of getting everybody in and getting everybody out. Mm -hmm. But once we have it figured out, it goes smoothly. And that happens on, you know, on a regular school year, just... You know, things are a little bit slower and parents are ready to get their kids in the building so they can go to work. And, you know, it may take a little extra time because we've got to take temperatures and we have to follow, you know, state mandates. So, boy, bring your patience. (laughs) And also give yourself grace as parents, as teachers, as kids, because this is something that this is new to all of us. And we don't know the answers and we're going to mess up a lot. And that's okay because... There's going to be a lot of good that comes out of it as yeah. well. And so I think the more we can focus on good things happening, because during a pandemic, where does our mind automatically go? To the negative. We see things on the news that are, you know, negative. We see things that, oh, it just is heart-wrenching to us. And we just don't take enough time to be thankful for what yeah. we do have. Appreciate what yes. people around us are doing. And there's so much. This is something that parents could do, too. There is so much research on gratitude, being grateful. So one super simple thing that families can do to get through this is start a gratitude journal with your kids. And that doesn't mean they have to sit down for 30 minutes and journal. Yeah. You can write three things. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Three things each day that are different than the day before. And once you start the practice of gratitude, you will be, your mind will be blown at how you actually look for these little things all day that are simple. Like, ooh, I brought Skittles in my lunch today. I'm so excited. My yeah. mom gave me that. That's so great. Or um, I wore my favorite shoes. I mean, things that yeah. we think are just silly, but we're thankful that yeah. that happened in our day. Or I got a note from a kid. Right. Or a, you know. Yeah. And so the more you practice gratitude, the better you feel. And when you feel better, you do better. And you do better for others. Yeah. And, you know, parents, 
have been superheroes too. I mean, there have been, you know, our doctors and our um, firefighters and all those people that are police officers that keep us safe during this pandemic. And parents have stepped up. They've had to wear oh, yeah. a lot of caps too. Oh, yeah. So pat yourselves on the back, parents. Um, you've been asked to to do a lot, and uh, we see you. We see teachers. We see parents, and we appreciate you. And we don't always say that we do because we're in the middle of trying to problem solve, right. but we do. So we're, I mean, we're grateful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much today, or for your time today, Hannah and Glennis. Um, I know that a lot of parents will hopefully be able to use some of these words and advice to ease anxiety in their kids, but like you say, in themselves as well. So thank you. Hey, no Thanks problem. for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great.